Welcome to this brand new episode of the Great Mind series. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Zanstra. This episode of the Great Mind series podcast is brought to you by Innoversity. Innoversity, the learning experts. Welcome to this latest edition of the Great Mind series podcast brought to you by Innoversity. This is Jerry Zanster, and we are very, very thrilled to have today with us Matt Brunk. Um, Matt is currently the training production manager at Chipotle Mexican Grill. Matt's heart, as you're about to hear, is, is really around teaching and expressing ideas in creative ways. Uh, this creativity has followed him through high school and college. He's done uh, film work. He has done uh, uh, work in the Denver public school system creating educational and communication content, and, and now he's at Chipotle, which is a, a fantastic uh, restaurant. I'd, I'd like to say, Matt, I'm probably responsible for a significant amount of your growth personally. Nice. <laughs> I have I have contributed my two cents at least. Um, Chipotle, as, uh, as many listeners know, at least in the United States, is a, is a um, very, very large restaurant chain. Uh, Matt's training goes out to about 70,000 employees, which is incredible. He and his bio combined, obviously, the word education and entertainment uh, for edutainment, which is a bit of a trick to say. Um, But that particular style of bringing together education and entertainment has really resonated well with the young workforce. Uh, Chipotle's workforce is, as many of you will imagine, younger. And uh, that presents some significant challenges to make training more engaging and, um, you know, more entertaining. So Matt lives in in Denver with his wife and three children. I'm sorry, Matt, I shouldn't giggle when I say this, but (laughs) you have uh, twin five-year-old girls and a four-year-old little boy. So you have a busy house. We do. And a dog. And why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> there should be a dog in that mix. So, well, you live in Denver too. You got to have a dog. I think exactly. that's mandatory. So, yep. Matt, just thank you so much for your time today. Um, yeah, sure. Tell us a little bit more about your background. How'd you end up at Chipotle? How long have you been there? And then I'd love to learn a little bit about what you do during the day. Yeah. Um, well, I've been at Chipotle for about three years now. Our corporate headquarters is here in Denver. It started in Denver um, about right. 20, 23, 24 years ago. And I, like I said, I've been here for three years. I found the job through LinkedIn, actually. Actually, someone reached out to me. My current boss now um, reached out to me three years ago. I had sort of just a, a website where I was doing a lot of freelance production work. And like I, like you mentioned, I was also uh, working at Denver Public Schools. And they reached out to me and asked me to apply. And so I did. And it felt like a really, really great fit with sort of my, my vision for, um, an ideal workplace, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and it really lined up well for me. So that's an amazing amount of growth in 23 years, you know, to go from a couple of people in a restaurant looking at each other, like, is this going to work to 23 years later, looking at 70,000 people. And I always think when I look at the number of team members that an organization has, you multiply that times spouses, kids, you know, extended families, you're, you're really talking about influencing the lives of, of several hundred thousand, even if the factor is times three, right? Right. You're still talking a couple hundred thousand people, which is a remarkable number. 
It is. And to think that you are in charge of training material that goes to them, that helps them succeed in their job and and do well. Um, do you ever feel that responsibility when you stop and think about it a little bit? Yeah, definitely. In my role, I've spent a lot of time in the restaurants and I've had the opportunity to, to travel around the country because we, we try to do a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And and so we've done a lot of storytelling centered around um, people's stories of success in Chipotle, of um, people who who maybe started as a crew member and now they're they're the type of person who's who's overseeing uh, fifty restaurants. They're uh, right. a team director, multi-unit manager, and maybe someone that wouldn't have had the kind of op- that opportunity somewhere else because maybe perhaps they lacked the education to succeed in other places. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we've it's it's that's that's been the most rewarding part is to, is to meet the people who we're creating educational materials for that has helped them succeed in their role um, and really grow and flourish where maybe they might not have in other places. Do you have a, a – we recently did a podcast with a with a gentleman uh, named Bill Ryan who's a great guy. He's a friend of mine and uh, he spent some time in a consortium of retailers who were trying to put together a pathway yeah. to success and uh, for their associates, you know, in all different big box grocers, you know, uh, restaurants, uh, chain restaurants. And, you know, they're facing an enormous amount of turnover. And in combination with that, there are some great people that are walking out their doors every day and they're trying to figure out how do we create a pathway, a clear pathway, um, where there are training opportunities and experience opportunities to move along that pathway. Um, and so we talked about that. And, and Bill said, you know, one of the one of the challenges is the managers know what that pathway is, but oftentimes the people on that pathway, they have no idea where they are. And so they leave because they don't right. understand that they're making progress and there's some really cool opportunities ahead. Uh, talk to us a little about uh, about how you do it. Is Does Chipotle have a fairly clear development plan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a uh, an internal career path that we – that has been developed uh, prior to myself starting here. Um, it was kind of laid out and we've, we've completed it as far as in the restaurants right now mm-hmm. from a crew member coming in to a kitchen, what we call a kitchen manager and a service manager, which are basically like assistant managers and then a general manager in the restaurant. And so we have each for each of those tracks, for each of those positions, mm-hmm. crew, kitchen manager, service manager, general manager, we have um, a training system in place that uh, takes you to that next level. So you spend, you, you have a, a book and a series of e-learning videos to, to watch at each level. And we, we guide them along along that path, all the way from crew to general manager of a restaurant. And from really from day one, from their orientation, it's they're aware of the fact that there is a career path at Chipotle mm-hmm. and that we promote from within. Every once in a while, we might promote, we might hire a general manager from the outside, but generally speaking, uh, we tend to to hire our general managers of our individual restaurants from within that restaurant or from within right. that that region. And so the career path to us is is of the highest importance because that's where we're developing our new leaders. Right. Um, that's where our future multi-unit managers um, are, come from as well, from existing restaurants. And so we put a, a strong emphasis on that career path. And right now we're working on training um, to complete training for those field leaders, those multi-unit managers. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the next our next push for this year um, is to really have a comprehensive career path from someone who is a brand new crew member from day one 
to someone who maybe oversees in, anywhere from eight to uh, eight to twenty restaurants to be able to to see that that we have training for that, and also they right. know that they can they can go there, and we'll we'll give them the tools to get there, and they know where they are in that path. Correct. Your training is it. Is your training, I mean, knowing the industry that you're in, your, your turnover rate has to be significant just like it is in, in every other restaurant, but also in, in a broader sense in, in the retail market. Um, yeah. That's one way that you combat that. How else do you combat that? Yeah, turnover is certainly certainly a, a big issue um, that we're always trying to combat. Definitely the career path, um, putting that in front of people, letting them know of the the opportunities from within. One of the initiatives that we're working on right now that we're hoping to use to combat turnover is our certified trainer program and specifically have people in each restaurant. The goal is to have four people in each restaurant that are certified trainers. That okay. means that they've gone through a program that where they've learned to really introduce topics well. The whole the whole system of they introduce, they shadow, perform, and validate is, right. is the way that we put it. And and they've they've gone through a program that they become certified that they can train, and they're the people in the restaurant who have been identified as the teachers, um, and they're the ones who are validating new crew members, and so we're hoping that that would will certainly reduce turnover. That's um, that's a goal is to improve our training over the next year with this program, so that people feel confident in their role, and that people know that they can move forward because they have people there that will support them and, and they know who that is. And it's not just whoever happens to be working on chips that day is going to teach them to make chips, but it's going to be the person who um, has been validated as a really, really great teacher um, and knows how to teach and knows that station really, really well. And that will create more confidence and we're hoping reduce turnover. What's the What's the ratio of online versus instructor-led versus you know, I use, I've used this illustration before, but I can teach you all sorts of things about welding. I could teach you uh, the chemistry of it. I could teach you the safety of it. I can do all of those things online. But at yeah. the end of that training, you still don't know how to weld. And it's right. about, you need somebody standing next to you saying, don't do that. Do this. You know, here's how, here's how you need to position your elbows and your hands and and so on. How do you, how do you blend that together? How much online do you do versus, uh, or do you find as you sort of move up the career path that your means of delivery is changing? How do you deliver most of your training? Yeah, absolutely. As as you do move up the career path, the delivery does change. Our um, our kitchen managers, general managers, the percentage is a little higher. The ratio is higher for their online learning because it's it's more theory. It's more um, business information. Mm -hmm that needs to be exact and that it's harder to, to teach shoulder to shoulder. But for a crew member, for somebody new, we would hope that really only maybe 10 to 15% of their training would be, would be digital, would be, um, you know, in, in video form. Right. Um, and the rest of it would be shoulder to shoulder performed by these, these validated certified trainers. Um, right. and so our goal is to maybe in their first week, give them all of their, their videos through an orientation, through kind of just our standards, specifically standards that we want every single person to know how to keep food safe, how to properly hold a knife, things like that, Absolutely. that, that we can teach in a video that we want to know is a hundred percent certain across the board. Everyone is calibrated on that. And then from that point, um, 
the the in-store trainers um, can really teach it shoulder to shoulder because that's like you said that's the best way to learn to make perfect guacamole is from um, someone who makes great guacamole every day right um, but then as you move up to that career path we do um, there is a heavier focus on on the business and and on managing the food food costs um, managing labor and for for those we we tend to I, I can't give you a percentage off the top of my head, but we do have a higher ratio of uh, of online digital learning for them. Well, it makes sense. I, I you've you've been in this business a while, so you've you've seen this swing too, I'm sure. But it seemed like a few only a few years ago, um, digital training was the answer to everything. Right. And we've done work with you guys. We've done work with lots of other large. Uh, companies and large retailers, and and it seems like a few years ago, uh, digital was no matter what the question was, the answer was, well, that needs to be online. Right. Um, it seems like um, people in this profession are getting more discerning and thinking through. Wait, um, let's think through this topic. Let's think through how we're going to validate it, and you know how we're going to reinforce it. And it may be digital. It may be instructor led. It may be you know, virtually instructor-led, and it, it seems like the pendulum is swinging back yeah. to the middle to say, wait, let's think through the topic and what we're trying to accomplish here. Let's talk about our objectives and, and do a true design document and let that answer the question as to whether or not this ought to be digital. So are you, uh, are, are you seeing that, and, and, and how much time do you folks put into thinking through those design questions? I mean, yeah, it's what we think about all the time. I mean, we're we're constantly updating and really revamping this career path. I mean, we're in the process of it right now with, just like you said, trying to reduce the amount of digital training to make it to make it more more accessible, faster, more accessible, and and to really put the focus on that shoulder to shoulder training, which we think is the most the most valuable, mm-hmm. and really really focusing on creating resources and tools for those those certified trainers to, to be most effective. And yeah, we, we have seen kind of a, a fall back from that. Cause we, I feel like we did overload with, uh, with digital training with, right. we're going to have a video for everything and we're going to, it's going to, it's going to be fun and it's going to be cool. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, um, people need to, uh, make, make food and serve it. <laughs> right. And, um, and we don't want to distract from that and we don't want to distract from the bottom line. And right. so, um, so yeah, we've 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 cut back and we've revamped in our delivery method. Um, we have we have iPads in every restaurant okay. um, that they we have a custom app that's been built to try to make things more accessible for people um, and to have a sort of a resource hub that they can go to on the on the tablet on their restaurant. But also each crew member gets a a book that um, guides them through that career path and um, an actual physical book, an actual physical book. Okay. And, you know, we're in the process of of also revamping that because everyone, like you said, everyone wants that to be digital. Right. Right. <laughs> and, but, but we also see a value in having like a, a resource in your pocket. We call them pocket guides. Mm-hmm. So every crew member has is, can have a book in their pocket that can guide them through their training that can tell them what's next in their training, but can also tell them, you know, what they need to cook a certain food item to, or. So a know, very quick reference guide in case correct. it's needed. It's a it's a reference pocket guide, but it's also right. their their station training for the different um, stations within the restaurant. Okay. You um, you mentioned that uh, there's an iPad in a restaurant. How else is your training delivered? I'm imagining 
Um, the average new hire is probably under 30 and maybe even under 25. Uh, yep. Are you guys develop or are you delivering your digital training primarily by cell or are you doing it where it's accessible only in the restaurant? Let's say I'm hired next Tuesday. Yep. How do I do that? Yeah. So um, how are you hired or how would you start your? No, how would I start my training? How would it be delivered? Would I be looking yeah. at it on my smartphone or, or something else? Uh, you would be you would be using um, a combination of the the iPad in the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, but also we have a, a computer in every office. We call it you know the back of house computer, okay. um, and we have uh, an LMS on there that that we've created custom for Chipotle that that you could also watch content on. But our goal is to get people out of there and to get them onto uh, the tablet. And of course, um, you know we're working on systems that would allow them to to have that on their individual phone, but. Um, for such a large organization, there's obviously lots of roadblocks, lots of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of compliance issues, lots of um, right. questions <clears throat> of best way to deliver that. But right now, you would start by sitting down in the dining room on your first day. You would you would go through an orientation on this iPad um, with your manager, and it would lay out for you exactly what your training plan is going to look like. And you would dive in with um, a combination of that that station book. That you would receive that um, lays out the next the next month for you in training. Okay, um, it tells you all the different areas of the restaurant that you can learn about and how you can become a master of of creating salsa. How you can become a master of um, working tortilla, which is like the first person that you meet when you walk sure. into a Chipotle. Yep. Um, how you become a master of the cash. How you become a master of the grill. Um, and so there's the different stations that we lay out for them, and we say these are the different stations that you can learn and here's the way that you can learn them. And it would be a combination of this book that we're giving you and this tablet that is accessible to everyone in the restaurant. Yeah. That, that switch to, to mobile is, uh, is, is interesting from our perspective because we, we do so much, you know, instructional design and design work. Yeah. And that is a completely different animal. We just completed a very, very large project that uh, where it needed to all be, not just accessible on cell phones, but that was prime the the primary delivery method, and right. the design thinking that goes into that is significantly different than yeah. if you're going to see it on a on a laptop or a or a pad. It is, and everyone wants it on their phones now, and yeah, and it's easy to think. Well, I mean, my you know my nephew can build a website in ten minutes, so why can't we build this? But <laughs> it's a, <laughs> yep, it's not that simple. We and, can. It just will be terrible. Right, uh, so. Exactly. <laughs> yep, we yeah. can build exactly what what you're hoping for. Uh, you're again. I'm, I'm guessing, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you're primarily dealing with um, people 25 and yeah. under. Yeah. What 17, unique? 17, I'm sorry, I was just saying. Yeah, 17 to 25 is our average crew member. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 right in the wheelhouse. Any unique challenges there that you see? Any different approaches that are needed? Um, or any training, any training surprises where you think, boy, I think everybody ought to know that, and it turns out that they don't. And um, we, it's been interesting in, in some of these podcasts. We've talked to people who have spent, you know, long careers in learning and training, and said the light kind of went on for them when they figured out they needed to help people learn to communicate. Yeah, and they said we just assumed everybody knew how to communicate, but because our audience, you know, because our team members who are being onboarded are younger, um, communication skills have been significantly missing. Right. Yeah, I mean, as far as unique challenges with that, 
that age group. I, I guess I, this is a question that I feel like is definitely kicked around with this, you know, the millennial generation or whatever, sure. whatever, the, whatever the generation is called that's below 25 right now. I don't even know. The Z's, uh, I think. The, Z, the Z's. Um, I, I, I think that, that the unique challenge isn't really for, for them. The, the unique challenge is for us to, mm-hmm. to create, to create systems that are more accessible and resources that they can find in a way that they know how, because they're really, really smart and they know how to use these tools. And, and it's not that it's not that they don't know how to, how to find information. It's that we're, we're delivering it in ways that are unfamiliar to them that are archaic because unfortunately something that's four years old is, is archaic in this, in this digital world, especially to a 25 year old, um, or to a 21 year old, especially. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, our the question that we're constantly asking ourselves is is how do we improve our our resources to be more accessible to somebody who who knows how to access material and does that on a daily basis in every for every aspect of their lives. Right. Um, and how do we create tools that are more accessible, and how do we create tools that will be more engaging for them? And as far as I, I feel like the question maybe was centered a little bit around soft skills, we we do we do tend to, to try to, to teach those soft skills and in some of that shoulder to shoulder training, especially as we, as you move into more of like a managerial role, we focus more on, um, the soft skills, some of the leadership skills of, of developing people. And yeah, I think that we've, we've found success with that. And, and as far as like the, the challenges to that, or the surprises, I, I think that, for me personally, I've been surprised at how good they are at it. Mm-hmm. I really have. Like I, I've been surprised at how quickly people pick it up. Um, once they, once they get it, once something clicks for somebody, like if we're teaching them how to listen to somebody, if that's a soft skill and we're teaching how to be a better listener in order to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've met people, like I said, around the country who work for Chipotle who have been successful that they say, once I kind of, once I kind of found this, this, this right, this right way to do it. Once this clicked for me, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just flourished and I was super successful. So I've been more surprised at, at how, when people have learned some something that maybe they didn't learn from their school or their parents that, um, that's been part of our curriculum that they've just picked it up really quickly and they flourished and done really, really well. Right. Yeah. I mean, w- one of the, <laughs> one of the slightly scary things about, an organization of your size with 70,000 team members yeah, um, and it being retail is, to me, as a consumer, Chipotle is the person standing in front of me. Yeah. So when I walk in, it's it's the person who greets me and that is your entire company and that is your reputation, that is your brand, and that is all 70,000 people are – kind of encapsulated inside that one person who is customer facing me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a daunting task to, to, to get those people, uh, those team members up to speed on, on, you know, your culture and what you, how you want them to react to people like me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and we certainly, 
in the hiring process, um, you know, we certainly focus more on personality and focus on certain characteristics that we want, that we feel like reflects our brand. And we feel like reflects, um, the, the attitude that you see from Chipotle, because if you, if you're familiar with our marketing and with our, uh, social mm-hmm. media campaigns and billboards and the videos and the short films that we've put out, you have a certain perception of Chipotle. And when you walk into that, when you walk into a restaurant and, and, if that's not doesn't line up with the person that greets you, that's a major problem, and that that breaks that breaks the experience that you have with this brand, this brand that you interact with and you you have feelings about. Like people have people have strong feelings about Chipotle <laughs> because of the experiences from our marketing team and from the food. Um, so you're absolutely right when when they walk in and they're greeted by somebody who's at that tortilla press. Um, we want that that experience to be consistent. We want that experience that um, that they've had with the entire Chipotle brand to continue at that moment. And so certainly in our training, we are creating a large emphasis on the guest experience and how to interact with guests and how to how to how to make guests feel at home. And and, and as far as those those soft skills and any challenges, we, we try to weed that out in the hiring process and find the right people, find the people who have um, the certain characteristics that, that will lend themselves well to representing the Chipotle brand. And then we'll teach them how, to, how, long, to, uh, how long to fry chips and we'll teach them um, how long to press the tortilla mm-hmm. and we'll teach them how to cut a pepper. And yeah, and they will be great brand ambassadors for every person that walks in. Yeah, you've done a phenomenal job with branding. The the single finest piece of marketing that I've ever seen anywhere and yeah. I think had a bigger emotional impact on me than anything I've ever seen. I wonder if you can guess what it is. Was it uh, Back to the Start? It's Willie Nelson, baby. Will, Willie Nelson. Yep, playing, singing, singing Coldplay. Cold <laughs> it was that so great. Was un, it was a Super Bowl ad, if I remember yeah, or at the Grammys. I, that was before my time. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it was it was in some very large thing, and I saw it and was like, "Holy cow!" I mean, yep. in 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 sixty seconds or ninety seconds, hard. It was a bit long. It was a yeah. longer piece, but it was like, I understand exactly. I mean, you you've told a phenomenal story there, and it yeah. and it had. You know, our family is very careful in what we eat and 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 you know how we eat. And uh, it it just was it it was impactful at a at, at a crazy emotional level, and we were all sitting around our family, our, our boys were sitting around watching it, and we all looked at each other at the end like, oh man, yeah, that is a powerful piece of media. Yeah, yeah, it was. I also remember first time I saw it as well. It yeah, was very powerful. So, one of the dreams that I have that has yeah. never been realized, I don't know if it ever will. But where the line between and and your combining the words uh, is is kind of indicative of it, the line between education and entertainment is blurred. Yeah. Where I would return to the training because it was so engaging, thoughtful, and I, you know. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, I've done some work in film too. And the idea that at some point, and, and I know every movie, and, and I know you're a movie guy too, 
But every the great movies you've seen certainly educate you in a particular way or form your way of thinking or at least you hear um, the perspective uh, that the filmmaker, the, the, the director and, and screenwriter have. Um, you, you learn something from that. But, but bringing together the idea of education and entertainment using the tools that are now available that certainly weren't available five or ten years ago um, – Talk to me about that passion because it figures pretty big in your bio. And yeah. I I do have this dream that someday I'm going to watch something and have that kind of – I'm going to be trained by something and have that same emotional reaction that yeah. I heard when I uh, had when, when, I, when I saw and heard Willie Nelson singing Coldplay. Yeah, I love that. That's – I mean that's, that's my hope. That's my dream. That's my vision as well for our, our training is that, you know, what I call this edutainment style – that people would watch it and it would be provocative to the point where they, they want to watch more. I would, my, my hope would be that a crew member on the first day of working at Chipotle would, would watch an orientation, something that I, I can't imagine something more boring uh, than an orientation. Cause it tells you, um, <laughs> it's all the exciting stuff, right? It tells you how to walk through the kitchen. Safely. Right, it tells right. you about hand washing. <laughs> right. we, we, it's all the basis. It's like, you need to show up to work on time. You need to wear this. But my, my dream for an orientation is that they watch it and they're just like, oh, my God, I, I, want, to, I want to watch everything, right. every piece of training or communications from Chipotle. Yeah. I would I, take this home and show it to my girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse. Yes. I, want, I want my family to see this. That's, that's probably the gold standard when you know you nailed it. Yeah. And for them to, to laugh when, they, when it's appropriate to laugh and for them to enjoy it. And for people to say, "Hey, did you watch? Did you watch that hand washing video?" And people to say, "Yeah, it was so great. It was awesome." Right, right. And and that would be amazing. And and I would even hope that. Um, and this is certainly not something that is currently happening, but um, but that our training could be public. Um, that it would right. be something, especially if it's something that is about the industry, like our food safety training. I've taken surf safe classes and, and, sure. and those are great. They were fun, um, especially the in-person and they made them really engaging. But as we develop more Chipotle specific uh, systems for our food safety training, we have it embedded in everything. But as we, as we create something that's, that's more of a, of, of like a surf safe for Chipotle or something like that, mm-hmm. um, food safety curriculum within Chipotle, I would hope that it's something that we could make public to the world because that would benefit people to learn from some of the experiences that we've had to, and it would be something engaging and it would be something provocative that people would say, I want to watch more of this and they would learn how to properly take care of their food at home to keep their family safe. I, I, I think the core elements of that, are it, it's got to be story based. It's got to be narrative, right? It's got to tell a story that moves you from point A to point B. Yeah, the technology has to be right, and then the visuals have to be right. We're we're just in process of bringing on board, um, basically a a Hollywood producer, a creative kind of uh, eye. Yeah, and this is a man who has been involved in like three hundred film and television projects. Yeah, and it was interesting when we we knew each other from uh, another circumstance. But I sent him some of our training, and he looked at it and said, "Well, here's here's three or four things I would do immediately." And it, they were little things, right? They weren't, you know, not it's not you know making the front the back and the back the front, and you know, <laughs> it, it 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 was little visual. It 
a visual change, an audio change, um, some variety that that immediately changed how the the course felt, sounded, and the impact that it had. But I, it, I think it's story based. It makes use of 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 the right technology, which is incredible now, and was only going to get crazier coming up. Yeah. Uh, but but that but that you know ear for the audio and the eye for the aesthetic yeah uh, there's there's something in there that that uh, when all of those pieces come together um you could do a food i mean maybe that's maybe that's a goal right how do you do the food safety <laughs> thing in the way that leaves me with a tear in my eye yeah at the end certainly i, I agree i think making it story-based not just saying here's the five most common forms of foodborne illness <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like here, you know, whether it's a story about <laughs> it's, it's medieval times and it's sure. knights, knights versus whatever, whoever knights fought. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, but you know, it's usually it's each versus, other, but yeah, you're right. It's good versus evil. And here's your tools and in, in this battle, um, whatever that is, but yeah, creating an emotional connection yeah. or surrounding protecting people. Cause food safety isn't about food. It's about it, it's about people. It's about guests. It's about our friends and families that that eat from our our kitchens, that eat from your dining room table, and that right. and creating that emotional connection and creating a story that you are the hero of when you right. are performing these tasks. I think is valuable, and, and it's there's a sense like I don't want it to be manipulative, but there's it's because at the core of it, it's it's honest truth. Absolutely. <laughs> Like when it comes down to it, the people who are preparing food for us in restaurants all around the country, wherever you eat, um, they're responsible for your safety. And, right. Uh, yeah. We uh, we were asked to do a safety video for a manufacturing company a couple of years ago, and and uh, it had to do with with um, making a change or or making a fix to a large, fairly dangerous machine, and and teaching them that there's all sorts of even when you turn the machine off, there's energy stored up in it, right? It might be electrical yeah. energy. It might be you can crush your hand in a press. But, you know, so we looked around at samples and there were samples of, you know, like ketchup with people with their arms chopped off, you know, like, okay, right. we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, and then there's the, you know, here's a slide with the five things not to do. We, we decided to make uh, kind of a ragtime, ragtime music, black and white original cartoon it uh, would a hippo that we could smash, we could burn him, we could, you know, he could like smash his hand and then reinflate it by blowing into his thumb, you know, kind of a Bugs Bunny-ish cartoon. And that's right. uh, funny, uh, you know, lots of thousands of people have taken that class. That's probably the one thing they remember, right. you know, they remember the hippo and they yeah. remember that, yeah, lockout tagout is a big deal. You can't just shut off a machine and assume it's safe. You can really get hurt here. Yeah, that's great. And it, and I'm a little animation crazy. Like I'm always like, Oh, can we just make this an animation? Can this just be animated? Yeah. That's <laughs> so, a huge uh, part of what we do. That's because it's, because you can make it fun. You can make it edgy. You can, you know, in an animation, we can, you have the voice, you have the visual, you have words on the side. You can have three or four messages going on simultaneously in an animation right. and people don't get lost in it. You can't have three people talking over the top of each other. Yeah. Or, you know, three messages that you're trying to read at the same time. But with that, it just, oh, a video can do the same thing where you just get these cool opportunities to get multiple messages going. Yeah. 
Well, Matt, this has been uh, fantastic. I, I am so appreciative of your time. I'm sure you're a busy guy. And uh, just to, to hear your perspective and, and uh, think through some of the challenges and solutions that, uh, that Chipotle has come up with, we're just incredibly grateful for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. This is Jerry Zanstra, and this has been another edition of the Great Mind Series podcast brought to you by Innoversity. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Great Mind Series podcast with me, your host, Dr. Jerry Zanstra. Please make sure to subscribe to our show as well as share the word with your coworkers and friends. Again, the Great Mind Series podcast is brought to you by Innoversity, the learning expert.